Building Dreams on the Young Money Show, where entrepreneurial dreams become a reality. There's, there's one side of pain that's the suffering and the discomfort side of pain. That's why everybody raised their hands when I first asked, do you have everybody ever been through pain? Because that hurt. You remember what that felt like. But then there's another side of pain that's called effort. It's called glory. It's called if you can find a way to push through pain, there's something greater on the other side of it. And, 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 and if you never tap into it, it's because the first time you felt it, you backed off. Hey, how you doing? My name is Taku David and you are tuned into a new episode of The Young Money Show where we talk to young people who are absolutely taking over the industry in their own ways, one day at a time. Today, I am joined by Tafazwa Mundicha, who is the co-founder and CFO of Sogas Energy, which is a renewable energy business. Tafazwa, how are you doing, man? Good, good, Taku. It's a pleasure to be here. No, very happy to have you on the show. Uh, let's get straight into it. Sogas Energy, what do you guys do? So Sogas Energy is an independent power producer. Uh, currently, we're feeding 5 megawatts into the national grid. We are the biggest solar independent power producer. That's actually feeding into the grid at this particular point in time. There are other IPPs um, that are licensed for bigger capacities, but they haven't started feeding for different reasons. It's a company that uh, I co-founded in 2015, uh, May 2015, simply to respond to the challenge of electricity that we were facing from 2014. Personally, having been pushed out of a particular business that also dear to me back in 2014. So I started researching how does one make electricity and then bumped into solar. So initially I was doing it for in order for me to power my operations. Then I discovered that I basically needed a solar farm because the operation then was demanding a lot of power. So I need a lot of space. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go back into employment a bit. So I went back and started uh, working for Solar Hut. Solar Hut Zimbabwe. So Solar Hut mm. is a power and electrical uh, engineering company. Uh, they did the bulk of the prepaid, prepaid meter for electricity in Zen. So they were one of the first uh, IPPs to be licensed for solar for solar energy in the country. So when I went there, I went there in a capacity of business development. Um, after about six months, I quit and I started solar gas. Wow, okay. Big move. <laughs> Big move. And let, let's rewind a little bit. Um, before you were a founder, you know, of, of your own business, uh, you were uh, you were an employee once. You you like you said, you went and you found work, and you were an MD at a very very young age. And uh, I think you served many high level roles within different organizations at a very young age. I think you know from 24, 25, 26. Yes. What was your X factor that you think allowed you to operate at such a high level at such a tender age? Having done my articles with uh, STC International, then um, I started working for mostly indigenous. Black indigenous uh, business owners. So the organizations were typically small, but they allowed me to work close enough to the owners of the business businesses um, and also the directors of, of, of the company. So I learned uh, that you know what. Uh, Starting a business and leading an organization is not rocket science. You just need to be close enough to the action to see what your boss is doing, to tell uh, when your boss is lying. <laughs> and you know that my boss is lying, but he's getting business. Uh, when your boss is telling the truth, um, and then you know you learn, you learn by doing. So there's a general. Uh, most people generally like to work for for big organizations, you know, big corporates. It's got its own advantages, but also disadvantages. For example, if I worked for a company like Econet, I would have had to start, you know, maybe as a clerk. Uh, mm. And I'm not too sure how they've gotten access to the levels to, you, to, to, you to, to the levels of, 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 of interacting with uh, with the director. But having worked for indigenous guys, they took a liking towards me because I was a I was a hard worker, well, smart worker, I would like to call it now. <laughs> 
and I was also very, very uh, enthusiastic about my work. Um, and they just liked me for, for, for some reason. And I, I found myself sitting in meetings that I didn't deserve to be sitting in uh, at that particular point in time. But it gave me a window to learn, to see how they conduct their business, how they get new business, how do they run their, their ships. So it's, 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 it's all about proximity to, to the business owners. As long as you get an opportunity to, to learn from, from the owner, then mm -hmm. you know you will be able to replicate it in your own way, in your own space, filling whatever gaps are existing. So, so really joining forces with the kings, uh, sitting at tables with the kings. Exactly. Yeah. You need to find a way to get uh, to, not, not sometimes sit at the table. Sometimes you can be a fly on the wall. You can even sweep mm. whilst they're having you know, the board meetings and everything. Oh, this is what happens in a board meeting. Oh, this is how you, you pitch to a bank when you want to, when you want to get funds. You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, just be as close enough to the action as you can be, legally that is. Uh, and then also do your work in such a smart way and volunteer to do things that uh, not necessarily on your on your jobs uh, on, on your responsibilities mm. uh, in terms of a particular job and that way you, you get closer and closer so how long have you been in the uh, solar industry now started in 2015 uh, this may it'll be seven years you know in the, in the solar industry personally you know I've seen you know uh, I personally thought the market was saturated in the solar industry in the last maybe five, six years, we've seen so many companies popping up into the industry and you wonder, is there still business? We've seen some come, we've seen some go. How have you managed to remain so consistent in that space? So from the onset, we've always been clear in terms of a space that we want to play in. You find that indeed, like you're saying, there are a lot of solar companies all around doing installations uh, left, right and center. Uh, as solar guys, we don't do domestic installations because of the admin work, admin work that's, that, that's involved. We decided to go large scale. So as long as it's solar, where you actually need to get licensed by the regulator, then we're interested. If it's smaller, we're not interested. So we, we are a big company that started small. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's very, very important to, to mention. Most people want to start big businesses in a, in a big way. And that's hence they end up failing. But we are very uh, conscious and alive to our strengths and weaknesses, of which we decided we need to prove this concept before we can start talking of your 50, your 100 megawatts. We said we'll start as small as we can, but uh, also large enough to just have the, the impact uh, to be noticeable. And I'm glad to say that uh, on, on the 18th of March, last month, uh, His Excellency Dr. Emerson Babuzin Mangagwa, the president, came to commission our, our flagship project. Uh, wow. it, was, it was such an honor. You know, uh, seeing uh, a baby that, you, that you've nurtured from, from a tender age of 27 when you're a baby, mm -hmm. to a certain extent yourself, uh, and the whole president coming to, you know, to commission, it, 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 was, um, it was humbling, it was uh, amazing. That's amazing to hear. And, you know, you said, you know, a small, a big company starting small. And I think it can only get bigger, you know, in the scope of, of the energy industry. So how much scale, how much capacity is there to grow in this space in Zimbabwe and across Africa? If we were to look at um, Zim, for example, currently our grid is a 2.2 gigawatt grid um, at best, but we are producing circa around 1,000 megawatts as a country. There's a scope to immediately cover a gap of about 400 megawatts, which is what we're importing mostly from Mozambique now. And you know, usually a rule of thumb with solar, you're looking at about at maximum 30% of your total grid capacity. 
to to feed um, with solar technology because of its volatility. Because you're only feeding power during the day, um, mm. and at night it drops to zero. Unless you've got a battery bank. We are also closely monitoring the the battery technology. The prices are continuously going down. But I think when it's financially feasible, we we'll then move into to putting battery banks in all of our all of our solar power plants. Generally. In terms of energy output or percentage of what the renewable energy output is compared to the uh, traditional means of energy in South Africa, what percentage of renewable energy is being fed into the grid, which I have an idea? Um, the last time that I checked, the renewables were contributing sec about 20%. In terms of solar South Africa, I think it's they're nearing 5,000 megawatts. Um, sorry, rather, uh, renewables, 5,000 megawatts, which is really good because South Africa is a, is a 50 gigawatt. Uh, nation. So South Africa basically produces 50,000 megawatts of, 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 of electricity. But you find that South Africa does not have as many water bodies as Zimbabwe. Mm. They struggle when it comes to water. So in Zim, we've got good, good scope for, for hydro, hydroelectric power plants. Mina Hydro is all over because we've got dens all over mm-hmm. in, in Zimbabwe. So it's also space that needs to be utilized. Um, there are a couple of players within the hydro space. Uh, talk of your NRIE, Nyongan Renewables. They play mostly in the Eastern Highlands space. And they've been doing a quite amazing, quite amazing job. The last time that I checked, they're contributing about 30 megawatts or so of hydro and about 2.5 megawatts of solar into the national grid. And w- with the adoption of, um, of renewable energies in Africa, I've got a question for you. There's a lot of infrastructure that we need to develop to become uh, competitive in the renewable energy space. And I think, you know, countries like Zimbabwe are well endowed with, you know, assets such as coal and the likes. Do you think that it, um, it's fair for us to be then forced to invest capital, capital which we are struggling to actually get into the renewable energy space when we have a high endowment of assets which have actually enriched other countries all around the world? So talk with the trade. Uh, if the rest of the world wants Zimbabwe, for example, to really stop investing in, in, in thermal power plants, then they should provide the funding for, for the renewable energy power plants. You know, looking at the relationship that's uh, being developed between our country and Rwanda, you know, what are the synergies that you really see between business in Zimbabwe and business in Rwanda? So there are a number of synergies really to, to look at. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we need to closely monitor the, the double tax uh, treaty uh, that's currently being negotiated between the two governments. Because one of the challenges that you face when you want to set up a business in a foreign country is how to deal with, with the tax obligations. Um, if you're not too careful, you end up being double taxed as a business as a business person. So it's 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 good that the the Zimbabwe the Zimbabwean government and the Rwandan governments are, are talking about how to cushion business people between the two jurisdictions. And then there's also uh, the Kigali International Financial Center. They are setting up to be the finance hub uh, for for Africa. Um, there are a lot of uh, interesting um, opportunities that are being discussed at that at that level. Like for example, now you can list on the Rwanda Stock Exchange um, and then double list in, in, in the same process on the Luxembourg Stock Exchange. So these are back-to-back listings. You're mm-hmm. getting access to, to funds, cheaper funds from, from outside Africa. But the most important thing is to just closely monitor the bilateral agreements that exist between uh, the government of Zimbabwe and the government of Rwanda and other jurisdictions and see how best to exploit the business opportunities that exist between, between the different African countries. Inter-Africa trade is, is the future. Africans need to trade more with Africans. You know, it's, it's quite sad that uh, most African jurisdictions, they, they trade with 
their former colonial masters more than with their next door neighbors mm-hmm. uh, because of uh, the existence of some of these bilateral agreements and caveats that can be taken advantage of. It's high time that as African brothers and sisters, we sit and look at what stops us from doing business with each other. Um, and then we exploit the, the, the different strategic advantages that are, that are prevalent in, in, in the African space. You know, usually on this show, I ask you to, to give advice to a couple of young business people, but I feel like you've just done that. <laughs> Before you, you know, I'm so glad to have had you here and, you know, I've got a list of questions that I still want to go through, but unfortunately our time has come to an end. Before we leave, what would you like to share uh, with young Zimbabweans who are in business, who are starting out in business, who are in energy and who have big dreams uh, such as yourself? So I'd say it's okay to have big dreams, but be realistic in terms of how you start. We've got so many people that have brilliant ideas, but they're trying to tackle a problem that they can't put financial resources towards. Zim is a, is a, is a, is a difficult market to, to raise funding uh, in the sense that if you need Forex, uh, we still have got a bit of challenges. The auction system is helping, but I think uh, we, we need more Forex. Unfortunately, in Zimbabwe, you've got, uh, you've got a go-go sit, sitting in Nambudia with 100 US dollars underneath a pillow. Mm. Uh, because of fear of the of the Zimbabwean dollar, but that hundred dollars is denying a, a young business pe- person to actually you know use it to buy raw materials and create jobs for 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 the next uh, for the next guy. So my advice to to the young people in Zimbabwe is you need to to be focused. Uh, you need to be very clear in terms of where you want to get to. There, there are a lot of enticing deals, short-term deals in Zimbabwe, but that's it. You'll be playing in the short-term space. Serious business people always have, you know, a five, ten-year business plan. In my case, we've got twenty-five-year business plan. We really know where we want to be twenty-five years from now, but we're doing the small. We're taking the small little steps that we can right now, you know, to make sure that come five, ten years down the line, we've got a solid business. So keep at it. Uh, let's 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 keep hammering. And also, uh, further to, to what I've just said, I, I would say it's always an advantage to view Africa as a country, not as a continent, mm. because you need scale in business. If you look at your own countries, Zimbabwe is a country of 14, 14, 15 million people, and business is also about uh, the demand base that you have. So if you're dealing with a demand base of 15 million people, there's only so much you can do. But when you're dealing with a demand base of 1.3 billion people, there's a whole lot you can do. So the next billionaires are people that are looking at Africa as a country, not Zimbabwe as a country. That one I'm taking home for myself. My name has been Taku David. This has been The Young Money Show with Tafadwa Mundicha. We're going to be on next week, Wednesday, quarter past seven, with more young people like Tafadwa who are making a change and taking over Africa, our country. I'm out.